Now that Galavan is alive, Peabody, the next phase of my plan is ready to come to fruition. How about we just give Galavan Forzine and stop setting all of these murderers free? Oh my god, GTFO, Peabody. No, we're going to handle things just like I did when I led the Chinese army. And how was that, mister? Let's get down to business. To defeat Gordon. Was Arkham nuts to make me the Wardon? You're the looniest bunch I've ever met. But you can bet before with Rue. Inmates all make monster men out of you. Ruthless as a mobster, but couldn't lead her clan. Strokes her bat and repeats, Falcons a weak, oh man. You fell to your death from a great big height, but I'll tell you what I'll do. Fish Mooney, I'm going to revive you. Firefly's gonna burn you to death. Say goodbye to season three. Why is there never an apartment for Jim? Nigma acts like he's on meth. Why doesn't Jim just call Lee? Bullock's his fiance never learned how to swim. Monster man, you will face Victor Fries and Chip. We old man. Della Lighter had a nice honeymoon. Galavan. Gordon is a terrible liar with the attitude of Rocket's Raccoon. Time is racing toward us Till the season finale I'll end you like I did to the Waynes Down in Crime Alley You're a homeless cop with a gravelly voice Who bribes and murders too Gordon Alls and Galavan After you Monster Man, you will face Victor Fries and Shiver. We all man. Della Lighter had a nice honeymoon. Galavan. Gordon is a terrible liar with the attitude of Rocket's Monster Man you will face Victor Fries and Shiver. We gold man. Della Lighter had a nice honeymoon. Galavan. Gordon is a terrible liar with the attitude of Rocket's Raccoon. Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out thebatmanuniverse.net for this and many other great Batman podcasts. This week we are going to be taking a look at Gotham's episode, Asriel. I'm Josh, and joining me is... This is Donovan. Yes, uh, so we have our introduction to, you know, Asriel, you know, uh, um, Theo Henry Gallivan or John Paul Valley or whatever we want to call this guy nowadays. I was um, almost confused why you said Henry, but then I remembered. <laughs> yeah, I'm never letting that go. As well you shouldn't. As well we shouldn't. So, um, 
Azriel. Uh, in this episode, um, <laughs> Theo Gallivan has been brought back to life, and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a weird thing to say. So, um, and, and he's like killing people, and Peabody's like, should we give him this medication to stop him from murdering? No, no, no. Um, according to this handy, you know, Order of Saint Dumas book that I just happen to, you know, always carry with me, <laughs> which is like five pounds, you know. Uh, <laughs> so they, they eventually realize through talking to Edward Digma after he fights a ghost, um, that actually happened. <laughs> I, I, I do love how, like, you know, he to help better visualize the book, he had to have the book on him, as opposed to like saying, "I read this book before." It's like this book right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, who doesn't carry an Order of St. Dumas book with them? I know I do. So, All Hugo Strange's people do. So he must convince um, Theo Gallivan that like his psyche is too, you know, like, shocked to believe that he came back from the dead. It's kind so, of like, like, the, like, like the Lazarus Pit in that way. Yeah, like, like it, he can't handle the fact that he came back from the dead, you know, that, that that's too out there for him. So it's, then they're going to convince him that he's the reincarnated version of, like, this, like, ancient, you know, warrior knight. Because that's uh, much easier to swallow. Sword checks out. <laughs> yeah. And because Gordon did, like, you know, uh, an interrogation with Galavan, or, uh, an interrogation with Strangel in the episode, uh, Strange is like, go after Gordon, you know. And it, uh, so... <laughs> In the meanwhile, Gordon and Barnes are like, you know, in their last uh, session of couples therapy, and it's not going well. <laughs> Barnes has, has absolutely had it with this character. Yeah. He, he's like, you always promise that you're going to change, but you never do. I'm moving in with my sister for a while. No, I promise I can change. Uh, with, some, with some great moments that we'll get into. But Barnes absolutely, like, says everything that we've been saying on the podcast for we will uh, get into that. months now. <laughs> Yeah, and Bruce is there, you know, because. Uh, and Edward Nim is trying to figure out what the secret is of Indian Hill, just like we were last season when, like, that was infrequently mentioned. You say we. Uh, <laughs> well, and we, you know, you and I and Stella, we were like, what was up with Indian Hill? Was I the only one that, like, was curious about that? I think you were the only one that, that remembered it. Like, because it's not mentioning after a while in the first half of the season. I remember, like, when um, Penguin was in, like, that car crusher. He was like, Maroney, like, don't you want to know the secret of Indian Hill? No, die already. <laughs> uh, so Maroney, I, I just realized Maroney never lived to find out that like the secret of Indian Hill was like monster men and reincarnated Asriels. <laughs> Poor Maroney. So Professor Strange is bringing back guys from the dead to turn to monsters, and you know this because you saw Victor Fries, who's been dead. Yeah, I know it sounds far fetched. It sounds insane. It's actual dialogue from the episode. It's, it's <laughs> well, I just know it. Well, where I come from, we need a little thing called proof. Where <laughs> you come from way, sucks. And by the way, I know that you were behind that, like you know, <laughs> all, all those crimes from last episode. Uh, maybe, but <laughs> I don't think that's anything to do with my actions here. Officers, man. <laughs> In any case, there's a final showdown, and uh, we and and some red shirts fall. And possibly, you know, one Benjamin Grimm himself may no longer live to see the light of day. 
Uh, <laughs> and Asriel is eventually unmasked as the, <laughs> and Asriel's eventually unmasked as Theo Gallivan, you know, much to the shock of like, you know, Gotham's elite and, just, and Gotham's, and Gotham's not so elite, including Cannibal Penguin, who can't be bothered to like clean up the corpse of his stepmom. And, uh, <laughs> and Barbara Keen, whose like biggest problem this episode is, she just can't seem to figure out what to watch on TV or find a knife the right size. Well, I mean, like, his freaking sister next sees that she, he's alive again. Yeah, uh, well, I guess that's it. <laughs> Which, uh, <laughs> we'll get into the nuts and bolts of it, but just like, one thing that I said to Don on the phone the other night was, that scene with Barbara and Bush, I never thought, like, when I was watching season one, and you were seeing, like, Butch, you know, be Fish's henchman, and this, like, mob enforcer, and Barbara Keen, you know, drinking her, you know, bottles of wine while she's in her apartment, in her love triangle, like, I never thought that the, that, that we did an episode... Where these two characters were like roommates who were annoying each other by like, you know, can't, you can't figure, like, not being able to figure out what to watch on TV. <laughs> what, what, what a bizarre circumstance we gotten into. But in any case, um, Asriel, I, I, I think you and I both want to talk about Detective, Detective Barnes. I think both you and I want to talk about Captain Barnes first. Is that fair? Oh, ho, 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 yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Barnes, you are the MVP. You are the true hero. You are. You like, died for our sins in this episode. If he died at all, if he, yeah, I think he's dead. Don's like, oh, I'm not so sure, but oh, I, one of my favorite moments of the episode is like, you know, Barnes is like telling his men, like, all right, we're gonna start as we're gonna stop Asriel or die trying. Who's with me? And they're all like, you know, marching off. I think battle. It was like, I'm with you, sir. It's like, no, you're not. You quit being a cop. Oh. Well, that means I don't have to follow your orders. Oh, you're absolutely right. Officers, arrest him for what he did last episode. <laughs> what? No, you can't do that. Yeah, he drags Gordon away, kicking and screaming, as he has, <laughs> as he should have. Which, I, I just want to say, this is the third time that Gordon's been arrested this season. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, I don't think he's, he's technically arrested, but he's held in, he's held in holding. On, on, under suspicion of... That, that, that is close enough to the definition of arrested to right, me. Right. Like, but, there's a difference between being arrested and being charged. The point stands that Nathaniel Barnes' episode was, like, the answer to all our prayers, and that he was screaming everything you and I have been screaming all season at Ben McKenzie all episode long, and it was freaking awesome. <laughs> the only thing that he didn't do was call him a homeless cop. Like, <laughs> Which we'll hear this episode. <laughs> Just like, at, at one point when he's like, you know, we have to obey the law, you know, because like we're cops. And he's like, no, I don't. Like, and Barnes is like, no, yes, we do. Like, okay, I, I want to go scene by scene because in terms of Barnes, because first you go, see Barnes. Go, go, go for it because you have a more, you, you might be able to leave it more organized than I could. So, so we first see Barnes like, you know, at a press conference at some murders and he sees... Bullock, which I don't know if those are supposed to be Azrael murders or not, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's like a random non sequitur, but you know, it's Gotham, so like these things happen. The hangman's in Gotham now, I guess. But, yeah. um, so he sees Bullock, uh, bring Gordon and Bruce Wayne to the crime scene, and he's like, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah, and, and like, 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 unprovoked, like, 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 Bullock's like, you know, hey, Gordon, or, or hey, Barnes, hey, Captain, and while Gordon appeared, he's like, shove it, Bullock. You, you think I don't know what's behind the Car- the, uh, the Karen Jennings heist? And like, we can't can get barely get a word in edgewise. He is spitting feathers at Gordon. He's like, I've had it with you. I don't, I don't know what the dude does. All you do is lie to me. 
<laughs> like an was it? Are you an optical illusion? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He calls him an optical. Every time I think you're gonna change, like, you don't. <laughs> All you do is betray us all. And then like, but Captain, you must listen to me. And he's like, no, I don't. Like, like he gives him the fifth degree, and so like he gives him like a few minutes of his time where like Gordon says like you know the recalculus plot. That's actually the part of the show. And then Barnes is like, no, that's stupid. And then uh, Gordon's like, no, you're stupid. You're ruined. You're you're digging the GCPD all the way to the ground. And then Barnes is like, like, what the f- you can talk about <laughs> by, 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 by using a tax force and like actually obeying the law. Like, you know, he's not Commissioner Loeb, and like, you know, I love Sarah Essen, but I I guess we can call her ineffectual because she was always like screaming about what she couldn't do. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, like, like that that line came out of nowhere, and Barnes reacted. Absolutely appropriate. He's like, he's like, what? You write yourself, righteous punk. <laughs> exactly. Well, and again, like we're always talking about, like Pilot Gordon. Like Barnes is everything that Pilot Gordon ever dreamed of. Yeah, he's like, you better pay on my ass. Like, I, I, I just love how not only was he calling Gordon on everything he's done, he had an appropriate righteous anger about it. Like, he was just, above all else, completely done with Gordon. For- because Bar- Gordon has, like, constantly, like, gone behind Barnes' back, you know, like, murdering people, and working with space. the Penguin, because you we- know, and, like, last being on the run from the law, like, you know, doing, like, his own secret, like, you know, army to attack Galavan. Because um, was- last episode, how, you know, being a vigilante wasn't the best course of action for him to do the investigation. <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't need the cops. Like, if, when I think of Jim Gordon, the word "cop" doesn't come to mind ever Bless at that. all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm obviously being sarcastic. Like, come on. But well, I mean, but, but like, like everything. And Gordon tries to like push back. Well, Barnes like, no, 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 Jim, you're full of you're full of crap. Like, it was so glorious. And like, this kind of ties into like a Gordon plot that we'll kind of get into later on in a scene with Bruce, which I don't kind of buy, but like. It, I feel that the show because you were talking, you're not talking about this. Like you know, I don't think that Barnes is being made out to be the bad guy. Probably, it's probably because I agree with him so much that he can't possibly be. Um, I, I feel like the show's trying to say like, oh, you know, look at Barnes. He won't listen to Gordon, and like, if only he would listen to Gordon, they'd be able to stop Strange. Or oh, if only Barnes would like let Gordon break. Like, I feel like that's the show's underlying. But, but like, like the majority of the things that he was saying were applied so truthfully to Gordon that like you know. You can't possibly, like, you know, ignore that for the plot of, like, stopping Hugo Strange. She's like, Barnes is not wrong. No, Barnes is not. Like, I was watching the, uh, this is the second episode of the season I've been able to watch at the gym. I was, like, watching this, and I was, like, I was texting you, like, the show's trying to betray Barnes is wrong. But to be quite honest, I am agreeing with everything that this man has been saying the whole episode. Well, but he was basically reading our script from the last six months in this podcast. Like, like he was just, like, and, and like, like you say later on, when, when um, He's like, you know, I love the scene in his office where uh, he's, like, he's, he's like, so well, who's behind Azrael? Well, it's obviously Hugo Strange. Oh, you know this for a fact, don't you? Isn't it obvious, Barnes? No, it's not. That's why I do detective work. You know, my job. And then Bruce, is, Bruce for some reason, who's there is like, you know, uh, Captain Barnes, I don't like the, the, your tone. He's like, I'm a concerned citizen. It's like, you know, making sure you're doing your job. And he like, <laughs> he, he, he picks up Bruce, Bruce by his collar and throws him out the, the, the door. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Barnes was the man in this episode. Oh. By, the way, by the way, when Bruce talked up, I love Ben McKenzie, like, like yanking his collar and backing away. He's hilarious. like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he's like, you're, you're just some rich kid. Don't tell me how to do my job. Which, like, any cop would say, if you're, like, some billionaire boy with, like, 
no police like you know experience so, like, like you seen Bruce Wayne like at least three times I mean yeah but 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 at the same time too like if you're if I never you know uh context for the listeners you know Donovan you know is a pizza delivery boy but like if I was to you know like if some kid was to like go up to you who you've had minimal experience with, who's never delivered a pizza in his life and tell you how you're delivering pizzas wrong and he's got his eye on you, <laughs> what, what, what would your reaction be? Like, My, Bar- I, Bards is a captain of a police department, and he has a very hard job, you know? Like, Bruce doesn't know his life. Who is this kid going in here and schooling and the fact him? that he, he, he said it so concerned, like, like, so so condescendingly, like, like like a concerned mom in a grocery store. And Barnes right. like, you know, I'm going to get a task force, and I'm going to, like, you know, drag net the daylights out of the sky. Are you happy? <laughs> well, and, and, and Barnes doesn't all, and Barnes also, like, doesn't know, like, the extent of Bruce's, you know, life experiences. To him, like, Bruce is an entitled rich boy, and he's looking at him as an entitled he knows rich boy, you know. Dead, but, like, he doesn't know. Yeah, but he, he doesn't know that, like, you know, he and Selena Kyle were stealing, you know, bread from the Agrabah guards, you know. <laughs> he doesn't know about that important plot point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he knew that, he'd be like, okay, <laughs> this kid has some real life experience. Well, I mean, it's just like. I wonder. I don't think that this show has has written these characters like this, just so just so Nathaniel Barnes can can yell about it. It feels like a new, almost feels like a, like a new writer coming on and making all these observations. And which is the, how, how it's played, because each and every scene Gordon and Barnes were in, Gordon was always wrong. How did you like the um the part where uh, you know? They're like, if you think that you can run the police department, why don't you do it? Well, maybe I will one day. You know, the guy who like doesn't believe in obeying the law. And uh, that's actually really random for him to say, like, 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 because by this point, Gordon is like, ha, cops, what nerds? So for him to say, like, you know, he would like run the cop circuit someday. I mean, I do like Ben McKinsey's acting in that scene. Like, I think I actually, you know what? We didn't, we didn't talk about it at, at this point. I like, I like to see between uh, uh, Hugo Strange and, and Gordon at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're done talking about Barnes, because, like... Um, I don't know if we can be. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I feel like there's more to say about, like, Barnes before we move on to, like, Hugo Strange. Right, right, right. Uh, I, I won't get to that part later, but, like, um, I think Ben McKenzie... My point is Ben McKenzie's been doing good in this episode. He, he's, he's, he's not bad. He's, he's never bad. He's always a very good actor, but it's always, like, the kind of crap they give. <laughs> it's the material that they give Gordon. And, and that scene where he's like, maybe I will run it one day, it, it just, like, reminds me of that, like, scene in Back to the Future where... um. Uh, the future mayor is like, um, uh, like a broom boy at like a soda shop, and he's like, "Yeah, I will be mayor." And then they're like, "Huh, that'll be the day." You wait and see. I'll be the best mayor this town's ever had. And then he wasn't, oh. <laughs> because Biff stole the almanac. Well, also, or, um, actually, I, I don't know if he was two, the mayor in the almanac timeline or not. In that but. in that scene, there was like you know maybe I will be Commissioner Gordon one day. But I was like later on when when Azrael is like he's like uh, <laughs> Park Bruce is like hmm a cape. Yeah, okay. We, we, I, I, we mentioned we we basically had this conversation before, but like. Uh, uh, which probably should stay on the podcast. I was re- I was really afraid um, that, that that you were going to hate that scene and you were going to go on a rant about like <laughs> how Gotham cameras is like. I didn't like that scene, but I I wasn't offended by it either. To me, it was like it was low hanging fruit. You know, it was like a very very easy point to make. But like, it, it, it's not like I hate it and like they shouldn't have had it there and like blah blah blah. I just. That did not work for me, and it was, you know, as Stella imitates with me, too much, too much. It's like, I, 
and we always compare it with Smallville, but like, you know, Smallville where like people would make like, you know, Superman references like, oh, Clark Kent, you're not faster than a speeding bullet. Oh. <laughs> or like, you know, oh, Clark, why are you always off in that barn? Oh, I consider it like my fortress of solitude. Oh, God. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Don't. The Smallvilleing. Make a stop. Smallville was a good show, but it, it, it had its growing pains. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, my, my thing was at first I thought it was cool, but then like I realized like like I don't like the idea of Bruce being inspired in this way by a criminal, by a, a cop killer. <laughs> that's that's kind of offensive. He's inspired by you know a, a zombie version of a former mayor who tried to have him killed in a religious ceremony. Okay, yeah, briefly, I I do think the whole Azrael plot was absolutely. Like that, that was bull crap, but it was so nuts that like I kind of just rolled with it and had fun with it. Um, he goes straight. I, I, I like the visual of Azrael. I did like how they did the costume. I, I mean, I thought he was fine. I, he he reminded me a bit too much like the Phantasm. Um, but he, but he was yeah. saying Azrael dialogue, so it was it was fine. Yeah, I got that Phantasm vibe too. But I think you know when the, when like somebody's appearing from the shadows in a black cape, saying that like you know they're here to kill you, like they're your avenging angel. It's uh. Yeah, it, your your mind's gonna go to to um, phantasm regardless. Here's, here's a question though, because you're you're sick about this. Do you think that this was adequately explained for like the non-combo fans to understand who this thing was, who Azrael was? Right. I mean, as, as much as it could be, because it's not like he was John Paul Valley anyway. Like Theo Gallivan thinks that he's some ancient religious figure. That's I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, honestly, it, it's not. <laughs> I, I joked about, like, the convoluted nature of it when I was saying, you know, like, the zombified version of a former mayor that tried to have Bruce killed in a religious ceremony. But, like, as much as I joke about it, it it's not that complicated. You know, he thinks he's... Some, it's not like, that complicated, but but I felt that, like, for a single episode, it was a lot of exposition kind of like, info dumped on you. Um, I don't I don't know if it was, it was too much, but I, I do have that concern. I want to say real quick, Higo Strange was like off his rocker in this episode. He was manic. Yeah, Peabody has had it. She's like, <laughs> her Chucky Finster ways have been like played up to where like she's like Chucky Finster, you know, times like 11 now. Uh, <laughs> I still think we should give him Thorzine. GTFO Peabody, like, come on, like, <laughs> let's pretend he's this ancient religious figure, and, and then when, like, well, that's Azra- that's the them. There, there were so many Dutch angles, like, they were kind of falling out of the window, like, like they're so evil that, like, it's it's kind of, and that, that crazy Schumacher lighting. <laughs> when Azrael's choking, you know, um, you know, Hugo Strange, and Peabody's like, I'll send in the guards, no, don't you dare, like, <laughs> what are you, stupid? <laughs> I'm trying to have him kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, at one point she does say, "You're the boss," like like earlier in the episode. <sighs> yeah, but she is like so exacerbated with him, and she's like, "I still think that Thorazine's a better idea." Well, I mean, like I think that like it was worked out well enough. I like how Hugo Strange has been like kind of the big bad in the season so far because he's mainly because he's entertaining. I, I should mention that, like, Donovan, like, told – in between last episode and this episode, Donovan told me, oh, by the way, you know that, like, you know, he's um, General Shang from Mulan. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how it went. <laughs> <laughs> and then I rewatched Mulan for the first time since, like, 1998 or whenever it came out. But I was <laughs> – I was like, this is Professor Strange. 
<laughs> well, well, who'd have thunk it? It's glorious. Uh, but and that scene with him and um, Gordon at the beginning, which I get, you know, I guess we can talk about. But I love that whole like, I want to see the body. It was cremated. Darn. <laughs> well, but but, 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 it, it, but like that's when he said, you know, you know, I can tell tales too, and you just lied to me. Like I did like that scene because I will say, okay. I think B1 is a very good actor. He's been very cheesy and hammy this whole time. In that early scene, though, I, where, where, like, you know, Peabody gets a phone call. He's like, what is it? He was really good. And, like, when he's like, you know, what do you really want, Mr. Gordon? Are you working for Bruce Wayne? You know, I, you know you're know, you a betrayed cop who, who the city hates, so why are you here? And, uh, and I love that vision of him, like, with his, like, weird psychedelic, like, eyes and, um... Uh, Theo Galavans, uh, like, kind of, uh, you know, trying to remember his former life from Rise of the Villains sequence. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I remember having a sister that I may or may not have had sexual, like, favors with. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not forgetting about that either. I remember a magic show with Barbara Keen. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Um, I remember kidnapping a lot of politicians and like doing a very bad job at hiding it. <laughs> I, remember, I remember running for mayor due to these posters on the wall. I, I want to say like real quick. So I want to move on to like um, Gordon and Bruce because there's a scene that opens up where like um, you know last episode ends with uh, this man was their friend. That's not right. That's not fair. And this episode ends with like the next day where he's like, you know, so what you're telling me is that this man was, was my father's friend. <laughs> yeah, that, that it wasn't a contradiction, but like it didn't. That, that, that was like a comic book where like, you know, if one issue you're like, you know, Mary changes her bathroom, the next issue she's in, the, she's in for a job interview. Um, um, and yeah, like, like, like when you have like writers in a comic book crossover telling like different chapters and then like. It, it, yeah, Gordon and Bullock are like meeting with Bruce, so they, 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 they report to him that they're his henchmen. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, boss, but like you know, that's all we know for now. <laughs> He's like, Bullock, leave us. And then like, and then like, all the, and Bruce says, you know, I got an idea. Let's kill him. And Gordon's like, you know, no, you must never kill. I never do. <laughs> what are you talking about? What about that mid-season? <laughs> so this is, this is the scene where like Gordon all of a sudden says, it was a mistake. I should never have done it. And I regret every single day. And I call bullshit. Because when, it, when has it stopped him? The very last episode, he was like, you know, he was slap-happy vigilante Ben Affleck Gordon. is going around punching people in the face, like, you know, threatening women with violence and guns. Like, he... he what, 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 did you buy that? I was happy that it was brought up, especially because I was like, finally, you know, like, you know, hopefully this will appease Donovan, and it didn't. But uh, <laughs> um, I'd rather have it brought up than not brought up. You mentioned yes. that, like, it was kind of too little too late. Uh, my thing is, I... I wish that we would see a little more of that turmoil because, like, we've had people be saying, like, oh, man, this is taking a toll on Gordon. And, like, Lee was talking about how it was taking a toll on Gordon, you know, before they broke up. Like, there was those scenes with her and Nora where they were kind of, like, you know, talking about it a little bit um, without directly mentioning it. So, I mean, they're on the right track with it. But I wish that instead of saying that it's torturing Gordon, we see there was, like, little lines, like, when he was in jail and he's like, maybe I belong here after all. And Bullock's like, no, no, I'm breaking you out. I even got Falcone, our friend from season one, to help us. Hello. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that this show has demonstrated how that has complicated his life. But 
not once have we seen Gordon emotionally respond to it. Now, I agree with you. I would, I would much rather have it there than have it not be there at all. But I feel that, like, it was not appropriately written to, for Gordon to, for what Gordon was saying to, like, feel as anything more than the needs of the plot. You know, you must never cross that line, Bruce. That's why I'm the Punisher. Like, which, like, Bruce's, you know, view on killings, like, has changed from, you know, episode, but he's still young, and it's the, and it's, the person who ordered the hit on his parents so I can buy that because I was kind of comparing it to like his attitude about Reggie when he was like saying the Selena, you know, like I took a vow never to kill. But again, yeah. this is this is his parents. And we have seen Bruce kind of dance with the dark side a little bit this season with that with the Silver Saint Cloud arc and like pretending to cut off his own finger. So I, mean, I, don't, I don't mind Bruce, especially if he's a kid wanting to kill people who kill his parents. I don't mind that at all. But like <laughs> and I don't mind Gordon, Gordon telling him that you can't. But like, you know, this Gordon this, you know, roughneck Gordon who betrayed everything he stood for. Well, I would like to see, you know, something more of like, you know, kind of like it was wrong for me to care. Or like, a, I don't know, a longer conversation about it. But if there isn't, whatever. It's <laughs> like, when, when was the moment that Gordon decided this, that that was a bad idea? Uh, uh, I don't know. I'd have to go over the last few episodes of the season, but like. It doesn't exist. It was, all, it was off panel. Well. I was joking that like an alternative scene of the episode would have been like you know Barnes and um and Gordon arguing. It's like you're lying, just like when you lied about killing Galavan. I didn't kill Galavan. Then like Asriel comes in and takes off his mask as Galavan like that second, and Gordon's like you, but I killed you. <laughs> um, well, what I meant to say was um I didn't kill him per se, but uh, uh are you buying any of this, Barnes? No, you're under arrest for the murder of Galavan. You mean that guy who's alive and right behind you? <laughs> I, love, I love the idea of Gordon saying, but I killed you like a very bad guy. <laughs> uh, and, and speaking of Barnes, um, well, you know, hold on, uh, belay that order real quick. Like, so between Barnes and Gordon saying, actually, me killing James Fran was a bad idea, like, like, this episode addresses so many of our complaints in a single episode. So, like, whether we like how they did it or not, they do address them. So, where do we go from here? Like, how, how are we feeling it from here on in? Um, as long as, as long as they kind of fix the whole thing about Gordon breaking the law, like, as long as we see some change in Gordon, and, like, make him realize that, like, he is a betrayal for everything that he stood for in, in the first episode. Yeah, th- th- like, that realization is really earned and, and, not present right now. I just like the the first like handful of episodes from season one before Penguin's Umbrella, a constant like, you know, scene or theme or variation would be like, you know, Bullock would be like, hey, let's cut this corner like and make things easier. Like, no, we must do things by the book and by the book only. I, yeah, I don't remember him breaking the law at all in the first season. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, most of his problems with the first season were, like, he had all these lies and, like, secret alliances where, like, like, and like, he couldn't let anyone know that, like, he didn't kill Penguin, and he couldn't let the cops know that he might have killed Penguin, and then, and then, like, Maroney, and then, like, he owes Falcone a favor, and he owes Maroney a favor, and, uh, so. Maroney, that mad dog. <laughs> So, I mean, it, it depends on what they do going forward. But to be honest, like, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this that won't get you mad at me. But I kind of don't want to dwell on it too much. I'd rather just have them, like, go forward in, a, in in a different direction. Like, I don't need, like, an over-examination of, like, you know, Gordon killing Yalavan. I would just rather have, like, 
the point be made and, you know, just have Gordon do something else. And speaking of which, like, Marina Bacarin must be enjoying her uh, maternity leave because, like, Gordon still hasn't, like, picked up the phone to call her. At least to say, like, I'm sorry that you lost the baby that you're carrying that I put in you. Well, I mean, like, I'm not begging for her to come back to this. I'm not, like, oh, I, why I, isn't she here? Because hey, she's totally I, I, no, got a baby. I, I, I get it. I totally get it. I'm just saying that, like, in universe, I, I get why she's not on the show. And I'm not, like, begging for her return. I like the character, but I'm not. She's one of the few people, like, aside from Barnes, that would call Jim on his shit, too. Um, in, in a very reasonable way most of the time. But... What I'm saying. Wait a minute! Is like, do you even have a home? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. But what I'm what, what I'm what I am saying is, I, there's not sufficient reason why Jim has not called her yet. He's had the number for like a few weeks, and just by the fact that she lost their baby, supposedly, I, I'm still not buying that the baby's gone. But like, as far as he knows, like she lost them. Shouldn't he be like calling and say, "I'm so sorry, I wasn't there for you," like during this traumatic event? Will you ever? That reminds me. We're, at some point in this episode, we were given like a three month time skip. Like, like Victor Freeze has been dead for three months. Well, but I could buy that because, like, when Gordon a, was arrested, a month we of had, trial, a month of trial, and then we had like a montage of like him in jail for a while, right. and then at one point he like tells Bullock, like, I haven't heard from Lee in weeks. Her letter stopped after I told her to never see me again and forget me. You think she's mad? <laughs> Tell her whoa, 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 Lee, you in the dock? Oh, for f- sake, Bullock. <laughs> and then he kills Bullock right then and there. <laughs> and then Barnes pops out like a paparazzi. Aha! Uh-huh. 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 I knew it. <laughs> this was a sting, and then Bullock, like, gets up and wipes off fake blood. How is that even possible? <laughs> How did I make you bleed fake blood? Fake skin. <laughs> fake skin he's a pu- he's a puppet bruce is like in the rafters with like holding strings <laughs> what the hell why is bruce in on this i don't know <laughs> when did he learn puppetry why would he selena, selena kyle taught it to him when they were street rats <laughs> Imagine that Fantastic Four cover with like Bruce Wayne's face. He said the puppet master. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> the Torch uh, will become the puppet master's next victim. Can we talk about um the implications of the fact that Barnes may or may not be dead now? Uh, I-, I think he's dead. Well, but, I mean, yeah. here's my thing. I mean, I don't think that we saw him die in this episode. I think he's definitely dying, but. The way that the scene ends, like, like Gordon wasn't like you know, boss, boss, no. He was like, boss, boss. And then you cut like to the the person on the on the who put uh, Barnes on the slab, not the slab, but like you know the the uh, what do you call those? Um, Striker. And he's like, you know, oh, we we got to go to the hospital right now. Like, I don't think I, I really don't think that he's dead as of now. Did you see that when you rewatched it too? Because you you rewatched it, and I have not had time to. Um. I think that actually, 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 I think the last thing I did see was when it went to commercial after uh, he passed out. I mean, it, I, I definitely thought he was going to die, but like he didn't do like the whole. Like, well, and once all the lights went out in GCPD, and like, and it's go- just Gordon and Barnes remaining, and it's like, all right, we're doing this. Like, it was uh, obvious for me at a certain point um, because Barnes yeah. was getting so much screen time and so much great dialogue <laughs> that I didn't think he could like. like uh, but also, I mean. Like, remember when Sarah Essen died and she instantly died from the exact same affliction? 
Barnes, you know, men are well. That's that, 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 that's because she's a woman. Exactly. She doesn't feel things like men feel. Yeah, and like, and Barnes is made of you know like uh, rocks from cosmic rays. <laughs> Indeed, so. Oh yeah, we were just talking about the Fantastic Four cover, and we didn't even like make the Barnes connection. I was joking, by the way. I I, I don't obviously think that there are many differences between men and women, but uh, um. No, I mean, I, you know, aside from their sex organs. Well, but, but you think that, like, as of this episode, Barnes is like, you know, six feet in the ground. I thought, I thought he was dead. Um, I would be happy to be wrong, because he is a good character, and we still have that, you know, like theory that the Oracle told us that, like, one day Fish Mooney will inhabit his body. Yes, that happened. <laughs> so, but he, he looks real. I am amused that, like, if this was his death, like his. Le- him and Gorin's like last words to each other was like, "You were always a pain in the ass, Stido." Like, oh come on, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, like, that's that's the tough guy way of, of affection. Yeah. yeah, I feel like they found it though. Gently caressing each other. How, how dare Barnes, you know, like not be you know corrupt like Commissioner Loeb and ineffectual like Captain Essen. <laughs> I like Captain Essen, by the way, but or. Oh no, she was SM was promoted to commissioner when she died. So I'm not even sure who who is commissioner now. Um, that's a good point because it, because he's Captain Barnes. Honestly, he should be commissioner. Like really, like he should be Captain Barnes because like he's running an entire unit. I, I I don't know the the like you know ranks and hierarchies of cops, but I do like. But what? Yeah, because and he's been, he's and he's been doing this for months. Like, why wouldn't there be a commissioner in the meantime? Right, and and we were taught like if if he is de- well, I mean maybe we just haven't seen the because we didn't see Loeb till like you know very late into season one. Uh, I don't want Gordon to be captain yet, just because like my comic book OCD, which like the show has broken many times anyway, but like my comic OCD says that he should be a lieutenant before he's a captain, and he's still a detective. Um, if they skip over it, I guess that would be great, but I don't know. I feel like. I mean, I don't know if the show is ready to have Gordon, like, being the leader of the police department. And the show kind of treats, you know, like, commissioners the same way as they do captains anyway. So, eh, they would just be doing him Commissioner Gordon called Captain Gordon. I think it's a simple I, question to ask. Like, like, as far as – should he be commissioner or not? And if, it, who's not commi- if he's not the commissioner – but, but he's not. He's captain. Somebody else is. We just haven't seen them, you know, whoever they are. That's very odd. Uh, maybe it's um Atkins. Oh, that'd, be, that'd be cool. <laughs> maybe 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 it's Alan or Montoya, and that's why we haven't seen them in a while. Uh, highly unlikely. <laughs> oh, the show remembers them. They'll be back any second now to like save the day in the season finale. <laughs> um, <laughs> it still horrifies. Like Renee Montoya, you know, Barbara Keen's like you know long lost love. She has no idea what's happened to Barbara Keen in the last year. <laughs> I doubt she even watches the show anymore. <laughs> you know the character. I, w- I read the actress's like Twitter and like <laughs> it was a sad breakup with the show. But oh well. What it was really mainly kind of a straightforward plot, wasn't it? Well, yeah. Well, we could talk about you know Phil Galvin as Azrael, which we kind of addressed with the whole you know. <sighs> um, but like you know, was it confusing? Because there's not that much to say about like. His characterization and like you know, and while Asriel's an important part of the comics, this isn't the comics Asriel. He's in a more Michael Lane costume, but like, it's not like we can have a huge discussion comparing him to John Paul Valley because you know that's not what this is. Well, I mean, so, like, 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 
Azrael's kind of a convoluted character, like, so like, I don't mind that he was kind of like, you know half done in this episode, and like because he wasn't Jean Paul, thank God. Um, I feel that like this was real. I don't know about you, this was especially cheesy. Like this never seemed like Azrael. You know, he is a '90s character, but he's a certain level of badass, and I felt that like I, I think that this one ended up being. Like, I mean, James Friend did a good job acting. Like, we were, you know, he's kind of like talking crazy, like asking for his sister and stuff. But this was so cheap. Like, the point where he's strapped on the chair, looking at all the atrocities from the Street Fighter movie. And when people are dying, he, like, starts laughing. Like, oh, that's nice. That, which is very popular. <laughs> to which, like, you texted me, like, where did Theo Gal, like, where did Strange get those videos? <laughs> it's on YouTube. Um,. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have a big problem, like it, as it ruined the episode for me, but it, it was, it was kind of embarrassing to watch. Oh, <laughs> uh, and the other thing to talk about would be like the people's enigma and then the people's reaction to um, Theo Gallivan being alive, but, but I, I guess we'll do the reaction first because that's like the smaller thing and it's kind of ties more into the main plot before we get into you know. Our brief thoughts on Nigma. Yeah, so so but... big ones like you know busy, busy feasting on his stepmother's brains. <laughs> I don't think he's still eating her, but like he really needs to clean her up. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like how she was still there with, with flies gathering. That's kind of cool. Oh, that grossed me out, but I guess no more than anything else. He's poor, poor whatever Hugo Strange did with this like ice cream therapy. He was like so wound up, like like wrapped up tightly that like you know he let himself be turned. And then he just like snapped. And now like after everything he's been through, he's just, like, resting, you know, at this mansion, like, because he's been there for a long time, like, I, I don't think he was in the last episode, um, uh, no, 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 yeah, he, apparently he doesn't so, smell, yeah, so, <laughs> this is, <laughs> stuff's been going down for a while, but, you know, he's, he sees Theo Galvin still alive, he's like, ah. Oh. I guess I didn't kill him right the first time when he shoved the umbrella like you know down his throat, say, which would mess up his internal organs. I will say know. this: for the first time in a very long time, I really liked how Robin Lord played, Taylor played Penguin in that how threatening he was. He's like, "Hello, old Frank." He was excited that he was alive again, so he could kill him again. Like, he was both excited and angry. That was really well done. <laughs> I like well, I killed the killer of my father. Now all I was left to do is to kill the killer of my mother again. <laughs> yeah, he's in kind of like you know a familial genocide movie <laughs> season. Yeah, and then um, you know that scene with Barbara Butch, you know, which we, we briefly talked about at the beginning, but like she like comes back with this like giant knife and like. <laughs> Is this I thought that biggest? was funny, but it's weird how like it's one of those you know like ah yes Gotham because everybody who's crazy is like cartoonishly crazy, but like Aaron Richards is so charming that like she's crazy. Oh no, she's not. That's just what a crazy person. Would say. She says she's cured. A crazy person would say that. Cut to knife. <laughs> it, like excuse me, Butch. Like didn't she spend like most of the beginning of this season and the end of last season like you know brainwashed by Mister Zaz, <laughs> where like people can like control you like the puppet master? I do good work. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they've still explained for me for properly how Butch is like you know the kingpin of crime. Ah, come on, we've had this discussion. Before. We have had it, and I'm not, <laughs> not going to get back into it, but. Oh, well, what about my explanation? Like, does not work for you? I, I still don't understand that. I think it's all, I think that it works. It's just a lot of like, it's a lot of critical thinking that, that you got to kind of like you know insert. Into- it's not a lot of critical thinking. Well, I mean, yeah, like 
you have to insert a lot of presumptions into the show for it to work. Rather, than, there's there, there's no presumption. I don't think, like, I don't think you've the, seen the show doesn't like, establish the show doesn't properly establish how or when this would have happened or why. But I mean, I'm, I'm not saying like, you know, it doesn't make sense. But the show is it did itself didn't explain it. Eh. I mean, I look no further than that Firefly episode where, like, Butch, like, you see, like, <laughs> he's like Bagheera from Jungle Book. Like, he knows everybody, like, in the underworld, like, by name. And he, like, he travels in now, like, the various circles with the different sects. Like, they've known him for years because he has worked for, you know, Penguin, for Falcone, for Fish. Like, he's and, – and, he, and he's worked for all these people as, like, second in commands. So he – he can do this. He, he's got it. Fair enough, I suppose. <sighs> we'll see what happens when, uh, well, this has been in the news, so I don't know if it's a spoiler, but I was going to say, like, when, um, what Butch's reaction to a certain character returning will be, which, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that off, but right. <laughs> to be warned, it's in the solicitation after the next solicitation, you know, Gotham viewers. So, uh, so there's that. Yeah, so I guess, uh, Nigma scene where he uh I joke that like he fights a ghost <laughs> when he's like uh you you had a point about the inmates that like you said to me in private so you can go ahead and articulate it now to our uh audience. Well, I won't use the kind of professional language that I did back then, but like this show like you know I've, I think I've said before in the show that like criminally insane means like you know mentally handicapped in the children's state like oh there's a ghost and like you call me like you call me fat like I mean I don't want to say that I was necessarily offended by it, but I was kind of offended about how, like, it's it's very cynical writing. It's like, ah, you know, these idiots are are insane. Like, like it's it's like you know they're insane because they're stupid, and that is. I'm not kind of offended by like the the whack writing there is. I think that Corey Michael Taylor. I love the scene where like uh. He's like, hello, Jimmy. Go to hell, Ed. Like, you've, you've already put me there. You know, but you've not beaten me. That yet. was a great scene with the two of them. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, both of them were very good. It's like, I see you never, Ed. And then, like, I love, here's what I like about Corey Michael Smith. He plays the kind of cheesy, you know, um, you know, nerdy Edward Nigma. When he gets really serious, he's very good at it. Like, he makes really a threat. He's like, he's like, I'm, no one beats me. That felt really, really cool. And I love Determined Riddler. And, uh, I mean, I guess he's trying to figure out the secret of Indian Hill, and by the end of the episode, he's in there. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I, I don't have a lot to say about the Riddler plotline other than yeah, that. that. But, but you did mention to me that, like, Corey Michael Smith apparently, like, is signed on for, like, another TV show next year. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe he'll be – which – in my mind, I was like, okay, you know what? Riddler's story, like, has kind of been told. And, like, when he when he got arrested, it was wrapped up in a somewhat suitable way for me. So I would not mind if he was off the show for a while because he's not a character that we need to see. Ever. We can just know that he's in Arkham for a while and he'll eventually become the Riddler and menace Batman. If he shows up like Falcone did this season, like in season three or four, you know, like once in a while as a one-off character... Like, you know, he's not like Alan and Montoya where we're like, where is he? You know, he's in jail. There's lots of people in jail that we don't see every week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the only other thing that they can do with him, in my mind, would be to make him even more closer to, like, becoming the Riddler. And he's already, you know, dangerously there, if not, truth be told, already there. So, yeah, if they want to replace him with, like, 
another character. That's that's fine too. Uh, but I I did love his arc this season, and and it, and it's not over yet. We still have a few more episodes. So that was Asriel. Next week's episode is called uh, Unleashed. Asriel is on the loose in Gotham City, which sparks Penguin's need for revenge. Meanwhile, Bruce enlists the help of Selina Kyle again to, to help track down Professor Strange. Track down. He's already in Gotham. He's Arkham. As he evades arrest arrest for his experiments in the all-new Wrath of the Villains Unleashed episode of Gotham, during Monday, May 9th. Oh, so maybe they do go to arrest him, and and then he escapes. I love the idea of, of like, like... the p- cops chasing B.D. Wong when he was a cop in law. Well, he was a pl- he worked for the FBI in, in Law and Order. <laughs> so, no, I got the I got the comments on now. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that that, that's, yeah. that sounds like, like a thing. <laughs> I guess we'll see how that goes. And uh, we have some comments from uh, the last few weeks that uh, Dom will read because yeah. I don't have oh, the we're sorry we, we uh, neglected to get to this sooner. But we have a comment on the episode Into the Woods by one Lauren. Lauren writes, This was an enjoyable episode. It moved at a de- decent pace and there wasn't much random filler side plots. I do agree that I was a little shocked at the plot line between Riddler and Gordon wrapped up so quickly. I was expecting at least one more episode, which I would have been okay with. After Gordon figured out there was Riddler all along, I wasn't entirely sure what kind of turn it was going to take, but delighted just the same. The Penguin plot, I actually really liked and found entertaining. But I was disappointed that we basically blew through the idea of Penguin having a father and then so quickly killed him off to focus on this weird step family. I will say my first thought when he became Cinderella was, quote, here we go again with the dishwasher plot, quote, which didn't last nearly as long as it did in season one. Yeah. (laughs) The cannibalism was a bit of a shocker. But if you recall, this scene was long foretold way back in season one. If memory serves, it was episode two when Lauren washed, or Lauren, when Penguin washes out of Gotham Harbor and there is a poor fisherman with a sandwich and Penguin basically won his sandwich and goes Danny DeVito Penguin style and bites the guy's nose off. He was entirely crazy from the start. He was just had to find his crazy again, which he did in this episode. I don't remember him biting the guy's nose off. Yeah, um, that's the end of episode one, not the beginning of episode two. And I remember him stabbing the guy or choking him. I don't remember him like putting his mouth on the guy, but it's, 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 I've seen, and I saw that first episode a lot, but it's been a while since, like, possible. I've seen it, but I, I think you might be remembering it wrong, Lauren. <laughs> she continues, uh, Bruce and Selena being street rats together was flawless as per usual due to the actors chemistry together and making them look, manage to tie Gordon and make him remember his promise that he clearly forgot around roughly 12 times through the series <laughs> of Bruce. Yeah. And as always, we had our honorable mentions this episode. But this is the characters in which we, as the viewers, remember and the writers completely forgot about Lucius Fox and the, and the poor girl. As for Barbara ending the episode, the poor girl. <laughs> as for Barbara ending the episode, all I have to say is, "Oh, Barbara," because we all love this. Tra- we all love a train wreck. <laughs> and that, and now that train wreck is sleeping on Butch's couch, hogging the remote. Yeah. Um, and for our episode on the on Pinewood. Uh, Michael, Michael Ridge says, Hi, Josh and Don. I wish there was someone in charge of the long-term direction of the show. Nothing is fully ever resolved. Nothing seems to get a rest. I'm still committed to the season, but sometimes it's just a slog. I'm having a bad day when the, when the, when the Bruce scenes are the only ones I enjoy. No, you're me. <laughs> I feel like there is someone in charge, because we spoke to the producers, like Danny Cannon, John Stevens, and stuff like that uh, um, at Comic-Con, and 
I, it seems that they have an idea, but I, I can't pretend to know what goes I, on in those writer rooms. I am. I mean, I think in this season they definitely have an idea for like a six episode stretch. I do not for an instant think that they have a season long idea because it's not really felt like. Like, what about the first half of the season is anything like the second half of the season? Uh, what about the first? That that is a large question that requires like a lot of. I don't think it is. <laughs> it's well, like, what about like, like? It's so broad, though. Like, what am I going to say? Well, both episodes, like both parts of the season, had Gordon dealing with you know his dark side. Like, both parts of the season had Bruce, like you know. Well, like, no, because because, because because like you know, in the Flash, all throughout the season they're fighting Professor Zoom. In Legends Tomorrow, all throughout the season they're trying to chase Vandal Savage. And Supergirl, all throughout the season, you know, she's coming to terms with being her own hero away from her cousin. Like. There's a through line that, that lasts the entire season to tell a story. Okay, so all throughout the season, the villains rise and fall. I mean, Penguin gets control of the mob loose. It, it's a different show. Like, no, but like, but, but I'm not saying that like he's wrong. I'm not saying he's wrong for not enjoying the show because you know there's things about it not to enjoy. But like, but you're, I don't but, think but, you're, but you're saying that like you think that like this entire season was plotted out. I'm not like. On a beat by beat, but I think that there's like a very, you know, like that there was a small, like I even remember that, like when I said, you know, are we going to find out about Indian Hill? They gave me a very specific answer. They said, you know, by the mid season finale, you know, you will. And the mid season finale was the episode where we saw like Fish Mooney in a tank with uh, Jerome. Okay, I will give you that because he told us, Danny Can, that we would get Mr. Freeze, and that was that's that's, that was the second half. They they also said we get we'd get Asriel. That's true. So okay, I mean, I'll take so that, back. That, that, that that was almost a year ago. So like, I think that there is like a plan, but I think that sometimes when they you know executing the plan, they they go off in different directions depending on certain things. I do like. I, I actually wonder if Marina Bacarin's pregnancy, you know, like once they found out of it, if they they probably chose to write it into the show based on that. I don't know. Um, well, here's what I'll say. I think that certain beats like Freeze and Azrael were definitely plotted ahead of time, but I don't know if there's any thematic beats. I guess you could say that, like, you know, the dark way of Gordon. I would say that, like, the nuts and bolts of, like, in this episode, this is going to happen, this episode, this is going to happen as planned, but the actual writing, like, of the script is done in, you know, separately. Post-production. Later in the, well, later in the game, which is where we get stuff which... Not as bad as last year. Like, we made fun of, like, all of the amnesia last year. Like, you and the docker. So you're a dishwasher, and uh, I have good news for you. I'm going to become the medical examiner. You know, like I told you last... Like, we have not had, like, many moments like that this season. And last season, like, those were embarrassing. That's true. I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't doubt that this season is better than season one. Um, I still think that it rides on, uh, on ultraviolence and... Kind of goofy, goofy scenarios to like kind of make it, make it itself a show, and that as a result, it doesn't feel like it's a it's a coherent narrative. Um, but it's definitely more focused than the first season was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And those are all our. Thank you very yeah. much for commenting and, and everybody. Yeah, be sure to go onto the BatmanUniverse.net and write us a comment. Uh, so until next time, this is Josh. And this is Donovan. And you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle Podcast. I'm a girl back home who's unlike any other. Yeah, the only girls who'd love him is his mother. What a leap of love, it's the beat, the line up at the door. What a week.
I mean, trust in me. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> this show cannot. This podcast cannot handle that, that many Disney references. <laughs> trust in me. Ah, <laughs> Not now, Jim. We'll talk about this in the morning. He won't be in the morning. What, what are you talking? Strange. Get off it. <laughs> the listeners are going to hate us. I hope yeah, if, if the listeners understand that reference. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if that belongs in the, I guess I could put that in the blue list. It's not like... <laughs> but I, I just I, again like you know the, with his that crazy vision of him like where his, his glasses were kind of lit up I like the idea that he, he could hypnotize somebody because he's well, it, 